The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Allow circumstances to be as they are at this moment and live in such a way that they'll be different in the next. Hi, I'm Victoria Moran, the host of the Main Street Vegan Program, and that is something that I wrote in my book, Living a Charmed Life, back in 2009. But I think of it this time of year Because, you know, as the holidays start to approach, a lot of us are going to be with extended families and others who maybe don't see everything just yet the way we do, and they're going to do things as they do them. And we can allow for that in the moment, and we can live our own lives aspirationally so that things will be different in the next. We are world changers as vegans and people looking at a vegan way of life. And wherever you are on that journey, I so welcome you today. After the break, I'll be speaking with Dr. Jamie Dulaney, who is a plant-based cardiologist and an endurance athlete. And right now, I'm going to be introducing you to the most charming couple, in fact, the most charming family, but the other members of the family don't speak human language, so we'll be talking to the two humans who will tell us about what they are doing. They are Hayden and Aaron Hall, and you may know them online as Vegan Voyagers. They are traveling the U.S. in an RV with five cats, a dog, and a chicken. Their goals are to visit every state, every national park, and eat at as many vegan restaurants as they possibly can. Welcome, Hayden and Aaron. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks well, for having us on your show. It's such a pleasure. How long have you been on the road? We are coming up on our one-year anniversary. We hit the road in November last year. Oh, my goodness. How many states? I think we're at about 18 states right now, uh, and we'll hit a total of about 21 this year. Wonderful. So how did all this come about? What causes an otherwise uh, mild-mannered looking young couple to say, let's get in an RV and go everywhere? Well, we've always wanted to travel. Um, Ever since we've been together, we've talked about living in a tiny house or in a shipping container home. So living tiny was always one of our big dreams that we shared. And um, in the short time we've been together, we moved to three major moves um, across the country. And so we decided it would just be easier to sell everything and move into an RV and travel full time. So we've uh, 
gone coast to coast from LA to Maine and we're heading down to Florida for the winter. And so we're super excited. We love this lifestyle. It's really working out for us. So did you have all the companion animals when you started? When we started dating, Hayden had the three cats. And then uh, when we moved to Portland, we adopted two more cats. And then we moved to Austin, Texas shortly thereafter and adopted a dog and uh, adopted a chicken while we were living there. So everybody started on the road together. That's correct. Okay. Well, I'm sure everybody wants to know, we've all traveled with cats and dogs. Most of us have. How, how does the chicken fit in? And, and logistically, how does the chicken fit in? Well, when we were looking at RVs to buy, we, we ended up in a travel trailer. So we have a trailer with a truck that we pull it with. Um, we did a major renovation. So we pulled out the back bunk area and turned it into a fur and feather kid area. So we have a built-in chicken coop um, that's completely designed just for her. Um, and built like a large cat box with a cat tree and everything. So there's an entire back bedroom basically dedicated to the kids. Um, and she, the, her name, the chicken's name, she's a silky chicken. Her name's Brienne of Tarth for all Game of Thrones fans. <laughs> and, um, she wears a diaper inside the house. So when she's not in her coop, she has a diaper so she can run around and play with the cats and the dog. Um, otherwise she, uh, roams outside when we're outside or she has a pen that we have outside so she can be out there without wandering too far away so so far it's worked out great actually she's adapted very well to the lifestyle an idyllic situation now i'm <laughs> sure some people are thinking but wait a minute don't dogs and certainly cats like to chase chickens you would think so, but they all somehow get along. I think the cats are a little bit more scared of her than they are interested in eating her. You know, maybe one of them would try to beat her up a little bit if nobody was around. But luckily, we live in such a small space. She's not off on her own without us being able to see her. That's absolutely wonderful. I listened to a story like this, and I think this story could be cloned and changed and modified for millions of people, and it would just lead to so much more happiness and so much more sanity. So I know that you guys are longtime vegans and, and animal people. I know, Hayden, you've been vegan seven years, Aaron, three and a half. You guys met where you were both at Sea Shepherd. So how does the vegan aspect fit into all of this traveling the country? So one of the big myths that uh, people like to perpetuate is that it's difficult to be vegan while you're traveling. And that's one of the things that we've, we've liked to dispel as much as possible and just show people that no matter where you are, there's, there's something out there. You know, we've been to the middle of, uh, you know, Arkansas and found an Indian restaurant that had vegan options. And even here in Virginia, you know, uh, we're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. We found a really wonderful little cafe that had incredible vegan food and so we just we try to utilize our website as a resource to show people that no matter where you are there's a great vegan meal waiting for you that's great and you've done such a good job of getting vegan voyagers as your own so anybody who's interested in traveling along with this fascinating couple and their wonderful animal family veganvoyagers.com also vegan voyagers on facebook twitter instagram and youtube so you guys are going to be easy to find so <laughs> what are some of the very best meals you've discovered on the road we just spent a dangerous week in New York City, and huh. I think we ate, everything we ate was probably the best thing we've had so far on our trip, which we went to LA and Las Vegas, and we were thinking, you know, Vegas probably had some of the best food until we hit New York. Um, some things that stand out there was Cien Fuegos, which was a Cuban restaurant, and their albondigas were to die for. It was so delicious and it was great because we got to taste different types of food and cuisine um it was just all in one city which was awesome which is obvious in, in new york but um you know we ate out and went to dinner every single night and 
tried different restaurants. I think we ended up with like eight or nine different <laughs> restaurants and it cost us a fortune, but it was so worth it. It was amazing food. That's why having visitors is so good because I live in Manhattan Oh, nice! and I kind of go to the same three or four restaurants over and over again. And then people come to town and they want to spread out and they want to get us to Brooklyn. And that's how we come to discover some of the wonderful food that's here. So when you talk with people, particularly people in areas where they don't get a lot of vegans, what sort of response do you get for just having chosen this lifestyle? You know, it's been fairly receptive. Um, we're, you know, granted we have a little bit of a, an animal rights background, and so we can we can definitely turn on our our, uh, our militant moments when we need to. But uh, we found that by just opening the conversation with people and just explaining things in a way that's non-combative, it really allows you to get your point across to people, and they can kind of see where you're coming from. You know, not every one of them is going to go out there and give up meat or, or give up, uh, you know, wearing leather or anything like that. But it allows the dialogue to progress further. And in, in doing so, you're able to at least show them that you can still maintain a specific style of lifestyle, but also be vegan and still eat the same kind of foods that you love or you know, wear the same kind of clothes that you wear. You just have to be a little bit smarter uh, in your choices. We've actually come across a few RVers who are vegan and vegetarian along the way. So it seems like it's kind of a, a growing theme for people who are trying to live a minimalist lifestyle and um, adventure folks, too. So it's it's been interesting meeting people. Plus, the animals are a huge draw. It at least helps to open up the conversation for people if they're not on the vegan train already. Of course. Well, I know my husband always tells me that it's his fantasy to get in an RV and drive across the country, except he doesn't like to drive. (laughs) This is what he (laughs) loves about Manhattan. It's sort of like, I think that means your fantasy is that I will drive an RV across the country and you will look out the window. So I know that you both work. You work remotely and that's how you get to travel full time. I think sometimes we do shows like this and people are thinking, well, yeah, you know, if I were a trust fund baby, I would do that too. But the way life is now, you really can be a a working person and work from wherever you want to be, even if that is en route to the next adventure. So what is your advice to people who maybe aren't doing what you're doing, but who just happen to be out on an interstate? Where do they find all this great food? Well, actually, the interstates are kind of some of the areas where it's a little bit more difficult to find um, things just by, you know, you're not going to see vegan, uh, neon signs as you're driving down the interstate. But, uh, one of the best resources that we've found is by pulling out an app called happy cow, uh, which they have it for iOS, Android, uh, and they've got a website that you can use as well. And you can, uh, it'll pick up your location and it'll show you all the vegan, uh, restaurants that are in the area or restaurants that offer vegan options, um, natural food stores and things like that. So it definitely helps uh, to have that in our, our arsenal. And of course, in a worst case scenario, there's always a Taco Bell or a Denny's to grab something if we're in a pinch. Yeah, it's really wonderful that some of those have been around for so long, offering at least something. So those of us who've been doing this a long time are still here to talk about it. So <laughs> you talked about LA, Las Vegas, and New York. What's a really surprising place that you found to be vegan friendly that you didn't expect? Um, you know, kind of in the middle of nowhere, Kentucky, there was some, yeah. you know, we were, we were just outside of, uh, Louisville and there were a few options there, um, when we were staying at Mammoth Caves, uh, probably the most surprising was when, we were in uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas, and we pulled up Happy Cow, and it told us zero uh, restaurants in the area that served vegan options. So we were a little disheartened, but that's when we stumbled across the Indian restaurant, and right on their menu it said vegan, vegan, vegan. So uh, that was that was the best one to, to see because it was in an area where we thought, all right, we're going to be cooking from home a lot this week. Yeah, and I guess you can tell Happy Cow that, and then they'll add it. It's one of the 
wonderful things about uh, the way that online things can adapt. But, and Hot Springs, what a beautiful part of the world. Gorgeous. I have been there and took the waters. <laughs> it was pretty cool. You're reminding me of a road trip I took through the Northwest years ago. And I mean, pickens were slim. It was like toast and French fries. And I mean, I'm not sure I would be alive to tell if I ate that many French fries <laughs> at this time in my life. But back then, I was kind of having toast and French fries. And it was really getting to the point that I didn't think I could do it another day. And in the middle of Wyoming, there was this little cafe that had an avocado, tomato, and sprout sandwich on sprouted sourdough bread. And I thought maybe I had died. (laughs) And this was the restaurant at Heaven's Gate. So um, you get a lot of flexibility and... uh, a lot of experiences from being out on the road like this. So what about your families? Don't people miss you? How long do you plan to do this? Yeah, you know, that's uh, I grew up a very family oriented person. And there are times where, uh, you know, you'll wake up in the morning and you'll just kind of miss, you know, I miss my parents. Uh, I miss my sisters and, you know, their kids and everything. But uh, it, this allows us a little bit more freedom and flexibility to be able to kind of divert when we need to. And we've had family members come out uh, and visit us while we're on their travels. And so, you know, while it can be lonely at times, it does give us a little bit more freedom and flexibility. I love it. Oh, my goodness. Hayden, do you have a final last word? Yeah, I mean, I wanted to go back to the vegan options. We haven't had any problems finding vegan food along the way and that's just one thing we're trying to really make clear to people is that there really is no excuse to be vegan even if you're in the middle of nowhere i'm sure there's something available and and we've come across some amazing restaurants along the way it's been a fabulous journey and um we don't really have any intentions on stopping we uh will probably be in the u.s for another six or so years and then we want to start traveling internationally so Ooh, so on the road, inevitably. <laughs> this is this is life. This is fascinating. Well, you're yeah. actually heading, and I know you said you want to go to all the national parks. And since yeah. you're going to Florida, I'm sure you'll be going to Everglades National Park. And I do recall that that was the hardest place that I've ever traveled to. I mean, and I've been to Tibet, and it was harder <laughs> at Everglades National Park. Because I was staying there, and of course, everybody wants to eat fish. So there, it wasn't French fries that I was eating. It was white dinner rolls. Oh. Um, (laughs) I haven't had one since. But it'll be interesting to see if it's gotten much, much better, and it probably has. Yes, hopefully. But luckily, you know, we travel pretty heavily. You know, we bring our kitchen with us wherever we go. So (laughs) if we needed to, and we usually do cook during the week. So there's been some places where we don't eat out at all. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. We're excited to see what they have to offer. Well, that's another inspiration. The fact that you are doing all this indefinitely and your kitchen is in an RV. (laughs) I complain about my kitchen being in New York City, that it's not big enough. So Yeah, it's it's teeny tiny, but it works somehow. (laughs) Uh, Well, you guys just sound so full of life. And I love that you're doing this and that you're seeing the world and meeting people who don't know vegans and uh, having them say, well, gosh, those vegans are pretty nice people. So Hayden and Aaron, all the best. Uh, Vegan Voyagers, everybody, look them up. And we will put all their uh, URLs and their various social media information on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. Stay with us through these announcements, and we will be back with Dr. Jamie Delaney. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach to the world, we count on the support of listeners like you. Please make your donation today. Go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. What if you could experience vibrant health? 
help heal the planet and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Main Street Vegan Show. And again, happy World Vegan Day. I had a wonderful World Vegan Day gift in learning that Main Street Vegan won Best of Vegan 2017 in the book category. And I know I've been asking if you guys would vote for it, and you did. So thank you. Thank you very, very much. I'm in wonderful, wonderful company. Um, best cookbook was uh, um, Issa Chandra Moskowisk and Terry Hope Romero, their wonderful cookie book. And the best restaurant cookbook was Chloe Coscarelli, who's just absolutely divine and wonderful. And lots of, of great bags and shoes and sweaters and all kinds of goods uh, that have been designated Best of Vegan 2017 at unicorngoods.com. So if you want to check those out, do please take a look. And again, thanks very, very much to everybody who voted. So last week, we were in London. I was doing the show from a hotel room. I hope you all listened to that vegan history with Ian McDonald, Dr. Ian McDonald, wonderful, wonderful program. The next night, I went to Watkins Bookshop, which was so special to me because when I moved to London at 18, I wandered into Watkins Books and I didn't know what I'd find. And I found this amazing store full of all kinds of books about ecology and spirituality and vegetarianism. It totally changed my life. And to go back almost 50 years later to do an author presentation was the most amazing thing. Uh, Sharon Gannon from Jiva Mukti Yoga put the word out, and I had some of her lovely people there. And my own first yoga teacher, Stella Churfus, who's 93 now. You can look on the archives of this program and find the interview that I did with her a couple of years ago. She's still teaching yoga and lives in a fourth floor walk up. She's amazing, amazing, amazing. Came home to the cardiac wellness uh, conference, the preventive cardiology conference at Montefiore Medical Center in the Bronx that was put together by Robert Rochter. Blah, blah. Start over with that. Dr. Robert Ostfeld. See, I did it. Um, who has been a guest on this program? And I have to say that as long as I've been reading about plant-based eating and heart health, I don't think I really got it until I sat in that room all day long and listened to Caldwell Esselstyn and Joel Kahn and Michelle McMacken and Kim Williams, former uh, president of the American College of Cardiology. And, of course, we put an MD after all of those names. I finally got the connection. This is not some kind of sort of maybe connection this is a life-saving connection, which is why I am so thrilled to be able to introduce right now a cardiologist who can bring us all up up to snuff on all these things, and that is Dr. Jamie Delaney, plant-based cardiologist, 
endurance athlete and podcaster living in Southwest Florida. She went to medical school at um, West Virginia University, did residency and fellowship at the University of Pittsburgh, and she now has a private membership practice in Florida, which she believes is the optimal practice of internal medicine, cardiology, plant-based nutrition, and wellness with the aim of reversing lifestyle diseases and reducing or eliminating medications. Welcome, Dr. Delaney. Thank you very much, Victoria. It's an honor to be your guest. Well, it is a complete honor, and I have owed you for a long time because I was a guest on your wonderful podcast. Thank you so much for that. So it's very exciting to me whenever I talk to a physician who is out there in the world doing this in maybe not always the friendliest environment for being a plant-based physician. What's it like? 2017, you're a plant-based doc. What does your life look like? It's uh, like the Maytag repairman as far as the, your cardio, your, your uh, contemporaries. Uh, I am I am a, the sole uh, the sole plant based provider uh, in my area, um, but it's great, you know, because I I feel that uh, I'm so excited with the results that I'm having as far as reversing diabetes, heart disease, and and high cholesterol. I I love being the you know the the person forging the way. Well, and I guess you are forging the way. The complaint that I hear so often from physicians is they give us 15 minutes. You can't teach somebody how to eat in 15 minutes. That's that's exactly right. And and that is largely why I changed my practice. Um, when I first heard Dr. Esselstyn speak, as you did, on how he taught people the science behind plant-based nutrition and how it reversed disease and how to do it, I, I realized I wanted to do it in my practice. And so I... I started by talking the talk in the office visits, and, and you can't talk fast enough, quick enough, and it's, it's so much information, as you uh, heard in the day that you went to the conference, that it's just too much for 15 minutes. So I started teaching nutrition classes in the office so people could sign up for six sessions. And then it progressed because even six sessions wasn't enough to keep people going and, and get the lifestyle change. And it, it just wasn't enough time. And insurance doesn't want to reimburse it. Um, and, you know, nobody really wants to pay for preventative care. So that's kind of why we went to a membership type of practice where I could say, okay, we're going to be, you're going to be a, a, a member. And we, you, everybody has in the membership program has access to the nutrition classes. We have level one, two, and three. We have webinars. We have continuous email support, continuous feedback. So people call me with their glucose. They call me with their exercise regimen. They call us. We, you know, we, we talk about their numbers. They come in. You know, what? where are the stumbling blocks? Eating out, social environments. So it's such a pleasant environment to be able to kind of sit back and take your time, whether it takes an hour, an hour and a half with somebody. I can do it now. And, hmm. and, and they get it. So when you said that nobody wants to reimburse for preventive care, Please explain that to those of us who are lay people. It seems like why wouldn't you want to pay for preventive care? Because then you don't have to pay the hundreds of thousands of dollars for the other stuff later. Yeah, that uh, it certainly would make sense to do that. But uh, the system is based on diagnosis codes. So it's based on disease codes. And if you don't have um, and, and, and what you're, you know, and it's in reimbursements all about either time or procedures and um the reality of it is procedures are reimbursed much more effectively than time. So in order for people to, you know, so the, so the insurance company is not set up to, you know, for, to, to figure out how to pay people to teach nutrition classes or to become educated in nutrition. Um, you know, it's, it, it's kind of becomes like a factory that, you know, they, they want you to roll out more and more people uh, through the system very quickly uh, instead of actually taking time uh, with with each person, um, so you know again it becomes it becomes very difficult in the in the model that insurance how an insurance reimburses for patient visits. It's for it's for sick care, not for health care or preventative care. You know when they when when insurance companies talk prevention, they talk you know uh, perhaps a lipid profile once a year or a mammogram um, or you know another or maybe a, a wellness or a physical a yearly physical. But it's nothing about, you know, how do you, you know, in that 15 or 20 minutes, you really can't change the course of someone's behavior or choices. And so it just, it's just a bad model. 
Well, that's why you found another one, and I wish you all kinds of success with that. Now, coming off this conference that I attended, and I am utterly fascinated now by the connection between diet, animal fat, saturated fat, excess fat, animal protein, and the heart. And I think I was a little bit like everybody else just thinking, well, yeah, okay, Everybody will leave this earth some way, and most people seem to go because of a heart attack. And is that really the worst way to go? But now I see, no, no, no. It is up to us to be as vital and vibrant and stay here as long as we can stay here doing good and having fun. And this is how we can do it. So could you just give us a primer as a cardiologist, how the heart works and what food has to do with it? Well, basically, um, you know, our heart pumps oxygenated blood to our entire body. And then the uh, the oxygen is used and the blood's pumped back to the heart. And it, the heart pumps the unoxygenated blood to the lungs. And, um, and then it comes back and it recycles once again. And that's oxygenated blood as well as nutrients. And so we have this, you know, large pipeline that our heart has to pump to. So whether, you know, for starters, if it has to pump to a large area, meaning that we're overweight and we are supplying a large excess of tissue, uh, that's harder on the heart. Um, the other thing is when we eat uh, a diet uh, high in animal fat and protein, and, and by the way, they kind of go together. You know, you can't separate those those out for the most part. If you eat, a, you know, if you eat animal flesh, you're getting everything. But when we eat those those animal um, animal flesh and, and animal fat and protein, basically we absorb these these proteins and, and fat into our bloodstream, and it's deposited underneath this endothelial cell or the single cell lining in our in our blood vessels. And over time, these blood vessels become lumpy bumpy, kind of like a bad roadway system. And the more lumpy bumpy they, they, they become, the more difficult it is for the oxygenated blood and nutrients to transverse throughout our bodies. The other thing that happens is this little endothelial cell that the single cell layer supplies a, a vital um, hormone or chemical called nitric oxide, and that's responsible for dilating the blood vessels. So if you think about it, if there's a traffic jam and you can open up three lanes of traffic to, to get rid of the jam, that would be great. But when we eat a lot of fat and, and uh, again, animal protein that, that becomes very inflammatory, the, um, the vessels become smaller. They can no longer produce nitric oxide. So we get these little tiny stiff vessels that's supposed to um, supply our whole body with oxygen and nutrients, and, and the system breaks down. So then we start to get chest pain, shortness of breath, digestive problems, um, dementia, kidney, kidney failure, because, again, the blood flow has to go to all our vital organs. That is utterly fascinating and, and told so well uh, to people who haven't been to medical school. But did you hear about the connection in medical school? I mean, obviously, you were taught what an endothelial cell does. Were you taught what keeps it healthy? Healthy? Not so much. You know, the process of the disease, um, and I never heard of nitric oxide. No, that was never brought up. At the, the whole concept of atherosclerosis and a plaque filled with lipid and, uh, you know, um, uh, inflammatory cells. Yes, we, we learned about that. And we learned, you know, so don't get that, you know, so exercise and eat healthy to try to prevent it. And, and when it happens, because it almost always happens, then, you know, we'll, we'll keep it under control with medications is, is kind of how we learn in allopathic medicine. So we, you know, we keep the blood pressure at a number of, you know, less than 130 over 70. And we're told that if we do that, then we're, we're helping people, you know, tolerate this change in their blood vessels. And if we keep their cholesterol under a certain number, you know, under the traditional 200 is, is more of what's, you know, out there in the general, in the general medical literature then they're less likely to have more events in the future. And if we keep the glucose under a certain number, then we, they may not have as, the, the arteries may not plaque up as quickly. But we're not taught anything with regards to if you eat a certain way that you could reverse it. That never comes up. Mm. Well, I think that was what was so revolutionary to me, even half, after 
finding Dr. McDougall in the early 1980s and, and feeling that I, I certainly had a decent layperson's understanding of this was the whole thing about the nitric oxide and why a well-chosen plant-based diet can turn around the symptoms and, and the progression of the disease so rapidly it isn't that we're going in there with roto-rooter and clearing out all the arteries but that this nitric oxide does and i loved how you described it opens up another three lanes you know we've all been in a situation where oh my gosh why do i always pick the longest line and then they open up another one and everything is just like ah and to just think that our arteries can do the same thing in a very short amount of time i find incredibly exciting Yeah, you know, I I was actually kind of smiling to myself because, you know, as a cardiologist, I I went through a lot of training, you know, I uh, medical school residency and then a fellowship. And, you know, as a cardiologist, I, you know, use catheters to go up into hearts and look at vessels. And, you know, it was, uh, you know, an adrenaline type of thing. And I was fixing a specific problem when it broke. And today, you know, and today I'm actually using, you know, a spoon and a spatula to fix the whole body, you know, and it, and I'm doing a lot better, you know, so on the, when I fix people's blood pressure, well, their diabetes goes away. And when I, you know, help their glucose get to get better, their chest pain goes away. So, you know, with the spatula, I'm doing much better things than I ever did with a catheter, which is, you know, it's kind of funny because sometimes, you know, as a physician, and, I, and again, I, I think that I'm regarded by my colleagues a lot as, you know, well, I, you know, perhaps I sold out from being this, you know, um, this cardiologist that, you know, that goes into the cath lab and you get all, you know, dressed up and to do these procedures. Uh, and now I'm sitting talking with people and doing nutrition classes. And is that selling out, to, you know, for what I was trained for? But the reality of it is, you know, the results are so much better this way. It's unbelievable. And it makes my patients so much happier. And I'm so much happier to actually see something get better for a change. I absolutely love that. And when you said that they said that you're doing something that you weren't trained for, we had a guest on this program, listeners, uh, you can look him up, Paul K. Chappelle, amazing man. Well, he was trained for war. He's a graduate of West Point. He got pretty high up in the military, and now he's a peace activist. And that's exactly what I thought of when you talked about what they said. You're not at all not using your education. You're using it to promote life, which I find absolutely thrilling. So you said you're doing better with the spatula. So tell us, what kinds of results do you see? I have to say, you know, as a cardiologist, the chest pain. So when people get chest pain when they walk because they're not getting blood flow to their heart, that goes away quickly. Three weeks, two, three weeks on, you know, eating these greens, four cups a day and producing this nitric oxide. So that's the first thing that's really apparent, that their their symptoms go away. Um, But probably the most amazing thing for me is the diabetes, you know, I, I have a strong family history of diabetes and watched grandparents take medications. And the idea was to control the number over years, but it was something that you never got rid of once you've, once you've got it. And then, you know, we, I prided myself on being able to titrate medications to try to control this, to control the glucose. With a plant-based diet, it actually goes away. So I'm able to take people off their glucose medications, their oral medications, and their insulin for adult onset diabetes in a matter of weeks, which is just blows my mind after all the years and years of titrating medicine that, in, you know, in, you know, literally, you know, four to six weeks, most people can get off their insulin. Um, and it, it just amazes me. And I think if you had 50 type 2 diabetics in a room and said, how many of you believe that you could ever be undiabetic? I don't know that you'd get a hand going up. We're simply not told that. No, and that's what the patients say. Why weren't we ever told this? Well, (laughs) I'm sure there are answers to that. I'm not sure how far down that uh, rabbit hole we want to go. But it's absolutely thrilling that that you're doing what you're doing now but i do want to ask you something a little bit controversial i just got back from this big uh conference in london which was fabulous the veg fest uk and i met a lot of people who are vegan for a whole lot of reasons and i was hearing from some of these people don't bring this plant-based low-fat thing into it that's a diet 
this is a lifestyle. This is about the the animals and, and the planet. And I'm so jazzed now after talking to you and after being at this conference that to me, I just feel that it's my responsibility to let people know, you know, what I know and they can take it or, or not take it as they wish. So do you run into people who dig in their heels? Do people say it's just too extreme? It's too much. I can change a little bit. I can't do all this. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are people, you know, early on that's like, you know, uh, I'll never be 100%, so so don't bother. Um, and, you know, I just, you know, we just continue to present the evidence because, you know, everybody has a light bulb, you know, like like yourself that it finally clicks and it's like, oh, you know, now it's, it's hard to ignore once you, once you realize uh, once that light bulb clicks for you, whether it's diabetes or hypertension or cancer, um, and, and you can't go back. And, you know, everybody has their own evolution. And I think it's so important that we all work together, um, both on an ethical vegan side and a plant-based side, because they all run together. You know, the more people eat plant-based, the less animals we consume. Uh, the more people are vegan, they tend to start looking at their health a little bit. When they look at environmental health, the next thing triggers to, you know, personal health. So, you know, it's a, it's an education type of thing by working together that, you know, um, we can all get better. And I, I loved a couple of weeks ago when you had Dr. Tom, well, both the Dr. Campbells on there and, and Tom spoke of it as the ultimate goal. You know, so if our ultimate goal is to be, you know, plant-based, uh, whole food, oil-free vegans, then that would be wonderful. And, but we're all on our journey to try to get to that ultimate state of diet and, and awareness. And, uh, you know, so it's, it's our job to help people along the way as much as we can and wait for the light bulb to come on. Mm-hmm. Another thing that I was talking with a lot of people about in England was the idea that for many years we, we've been told that it's not healthy to carry excess body weight. And now a lot of people have had so much trouble with that. I mean, and this is the background that I come from. I was fortunate enough that I was able to let go of that uh, quite a number of years ago. But I certainly still identify as a compulsive overeater. I identify very much with people who struggle with weight. And I certainly empathize with those who say, look, I'm done with it. I'm just not going to deal with this weight thing anymore. I'm just going to be as healthy as I can be. And that's it. And I respect that with all my heart. And yet you made a statement about how difficult it is to pump the blood when you have more body to pump it through. So where do we get the balance between health and respect of people of different sizes? Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're all, uh, you know, there's the 10% of a genetics, you know, play a role in, you know, so there's some people that, you know, I see in my office and I try to figure out how I can put weight on them. And, but the majority of people, it's, you know, how do we get weight off of them? Um, and with the food that's in society that's so high calorie, high, high dense, you know, obesity is, is a huge problem. But what, you know, and I guess what the what people need to realize is that it's it's not the aesthetics that's the problem, near as much as it the inflammation and the risk of the extra tissue. You know, so so adipose tissue uh, carries a tremendous amount of inflammation, interleukin uh, one and six and six and tumor necrosis factor that all increase your risk of cancer, especially endocrine cancers such as breast cancer uh, and colon cancer, and and you know the and it also is a big producer of estrogen. So again, these uh, hormonal tumors are um, are driven by this. Um, so it, it's not so much, you know, so we're, we're looking at things more of a, at a physiological standpoint as opposed to an aesthetic standpoint. And, and, and yeah, the, you know, there's so much confusion, you know, eat every two hours to boost your metabolism. Don't eat at all, you know. And, and so people are so confused. And, you know, there's never a person that I see that's overweight in my office that's not trying. You know, they are trying, whether it's trying this, uh, some, you know, to do low carbs and, and not to fight that or to fast all during the day, only to eat all night. You know, so people are definitely are trying their best. It's just such a confusion. 
And the beauty of a plant-based diet is that most of the food is not calorie dense. So people can tend to eat more volume, but not have the excess of calories sneak up on them. So it's a much better way to be satisfied. And the weight kind of comes off in the background. It's not the forefront, so to speak. Mm, and that, that's wonderful. That's actually what happened to me. When I went vegan, I thought that I would gain lots and lots of weight because I was eating all those carbs. But I was working on my compulsive eating disorder and just taking care of that a day at a time. And then the weight just came off. And I think I kind of thought in the back of my head, well, it'll come back. It always comes back. But that was 34 years ago, and it hasn't come back. And it's it's been a, a, a great gift and a great blessing uh, not to have to worry about that. So tell us about some of the conditions that are surprising. I think we, we've all heard about the hormone-based cancers. We've certainly heard about heart disease. Do you ever see anything really surprising, like, oh, my gosh, didn't know this diet would help that? Yeah, a couple things. Um, I had a patient come to see me because of heart failure associated with amyloidosis. And it's actually a condition where abnormal proteins, it's a cancerous condition that proteins are deposited in the kidneys, uh, in the GI tract and in the heart. Uh, and the organs don't function uh, as they should anymore. And if it affects the heart, then people can go into heart failure. And I had a lady come to me because of the heart failure. And she, you know, she said, really, you know, I've been through all the chemotherapy and it's really not working. And, and I'm, I'm kind of OK if this is the end. You know, I'm at peace. And, um, you know, if you can make me a little bit more comfortable with regards to my shortness of breath, then that's great. Uh, and, I, and I looked at her and I was like, you know, I know it's a long shot. I said, but would you, do you ever consider, you know, trying a plant based diet just to see how things would go? I said, I don't have any data uh, about it at all. And she said, you know, my daughter's vegan. And I was like, really? And I was like, well, how about trying it for a month? You know, and, you know, and I kind of went through, you know, you want to eat a lot of greens and, you know, we want to do as many fruits and vegetables and, and, and really make this a very uh, nutrient dense type of diet for a month. So she did. And she comes back and her heart failure is better and she feels good. And so we keep going on and on. And next thing that happens, she comes back in and she says my uh, she had her numbers done by her oncologist and uh, she said they want to give me experimental chemotherapy and I don't want to do it. And I was like, well, why don't you try a couple more months? And she did. Well, her cancer doctors end up firing her because she wouldn't do the experimental chemotherapy, but her numbers continued to be okay. And that was about five or six years ago. And the lady is still doing okay. And she was fired by her cancer doctors, um, but she's doing quite well, um, you know, and she's plant based. So, you know, that was a surprise to me. Um, the other thing that was a surprise to me was, again, this person that I got referred to for a heart rhythm problem, but he had terrible rheumatoid arthritis and uh, terrible um, psoriasis and a really bad advanced rheumatoid arthritis. And I convinced him because of his heart to go plant-based. And he did. And it was a bit of a journey that he didn't give up oil at first. And, you know, he wasn't quite losing weight. And we, when we figured out that he was just really pounding the oil onto things when he roasted vegetables, kind of like frying them in the oven so you couldn't see all the oil. Uh, but when, he, when we got past that, the weight came off and um, the psoriasis went away. And the rheumatoid arthritis went away to the point where the guy not only threw away his cane, but ended up retiling his floor here in Florida oh. because he could get down and do it. And I mean, I was just totally amazed by, you know, his progress. And, you know, these were people that, you know, they like to eat out all the time. And, and, and when I saw him back in the office, they said, you know, we, we just cook so much better at home and we like our food so much better at home. We don't go out that anymore, you know, but he, but the, to see somebody like that, that, that really had crippling arthritis to be able to be mobile and, and active again, uh, it's just amazing. That is amazing. So you've talked quite a bit about oil and that's a real a topic of controversy. And I think for a lot of vegans, it's like, please, it's hard enough for people to get off animal products and then you're going to throw in oil. I mean, unless somebody is dealing with advanced heart disease, just leave that out. So can you just explain to us why you don't leave it out? What is the oil connection? The, the easiest way to explain that is, uh, is by the, uh, talking about a, a, a study that was done at the University of Maryland. And they took medical students and they measured the blood flow in the brachial artery, which is the big uh, artery in, in the, the, you know, at your elbow. And they 
um, put a blood pressure cuff on, they released it, and the normal response is the blood pressure, the blood vessel to enlarge and the blood flow to increase. And then they repeated that experiment by giving them a sausage egg McMuffin first, and then they did the experiment. And not only did the blood vessel not dilate, but it actually constricted, and it constricted up to six hours uh, at times. Then they repeated it with things like olive oil and canola oil and coconut oil. So basically when we have oils, we just strip them of all their fibers and their nutrients and they're absorbed into the blood and they cause this inflammatory vasoconstriction very quickly. So and, and besides, so, so we get this constriction and this abnormality of the blood vessels where, again, people's blood pressure can go up. They can get chest discomfort. And then the, the other thing that happens is that you can take these plant oils and, and, you know, eventually they make their way into cholesterol. So sometimes when we can't get people's lipids under control, it's really because of all the oils that they're ingesting. So if someone is not ready to be oil-free, are there better oils and not so good oils? I mean, I experimented on myself six or seven years ago when people were talking about how coconut oil was miraculous. I used it and I got my cholesterol up to an American level, which scared me to death. So I stopped using it. And within six months, when I checked the next time, it maybe took less time than that. I was back down to my nice vegan cholesterol. So is coconut worse being saturated or would you just say throw out the baby and the bathwater? Yeah, I say throw out the baby and the bathwater because, you know, everybody responds, you know, people can respond a little bit differently. But, you know, when you add into not only the vasoconstriction and the cholesterol, I mean, they're, there's, they're all cause the, the problem. So whether you see it in a number or you see it with, you know, anatomical uh, vasoconstriction, it, it's still really happening. Um, and and, the, and it's there's so much hidden oil in things, you know, uh, it's been estimated that, you know, just calorie consumption is 500 to 700 calories extra a day and people that aren't aware of how much oil they're getting into. You know, it's in spaghetti sauce. It's in crackers. You know, people in Florida like to have their happy hour with their cheese and crackers. So, you know, we get this, uh, you know, people think if I eat a cracker, it's small, it's better, but it's full of oil. Um, so, you know, besides cooking, it's hidden in so much food. So if people can back off on the cooking aspect of it, you know, it, that's a way then to start backing off as they become more aware and the things that are hidden. Because when you go out, it, it's it's pretty difficult um, to get an oil-free uh, dinner unless you know the chef and you can, you know, speak with them and, you know, they'll prepare you something. But, you know, the regular chain foods or, you know, you, you're going to get exposed to some oil. So if you can protect yourself at home when you have control of it, it's much easier. Mm-hmm. How about essential fatty acids? Um, when I had my regular physical this year, I was told that my fatty acids were so low that I was setting myself up for heart disease and Alzheimer's. And not just the omega-3, even my omega-6 were too low, according to this doctor in this lab. What do you say to that? Um, I'd say I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. You know, I mean, certainly we want, you know, the, the, the probable original re, uh, ratio omega-3s to omega-6 is someplace around one to one. You know, we'll accept one omega-3 to one to, uh, to three parts omega-6 or six parts. But the American diet has so many omega-6s in it. Uh, of course, omega-3s we get from things like uh, flaxseed, chia seed, hemp seeds, uh, kale, you know, so when we're eating a diet rich in that, but low, in, but also high in animal fat, we're getting a lot of, uh, you know, omega sixes. But if you're eating a plant based diet, then, you know, you, you know, your your omega six levels start to drop way down um, into levels that are, you know, a normal range. What we, you know, as a standard American diet eat, eaters and labs, you know, as far as a normal range, you know, I don't think we have anything that's normal anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then, you know, as far as omega-3s, there are some people that don't convert plant omega-3s into a, you know, a more usable form as well. Um, and those people sometimes can benefit from a, a vegan-based DHEA. But for the most part, you know, if you're eating your flax seeds and so, you know, some walnuts and hemp seeds and chia seeds and in your, in your greens, you're just fine. Oh, sounds good. And you, you meant DHA, correct? Not DHA, yeah, I'm sorry, yes, yeah. DHA. Yeah, sorry. Just, just yeah. want to be clear yes, because yes, thank you. some people listen to every syllable, <laughs> which is good. I'm happy to have people listen carefully. So, uh, Dr. Jamie, just in our last minute or so, 
what's your prescription? How do we live our best, most vital lives? Move your body every day and eat a whole food, plant-based diet. And what kind of movement is best? Um, the one that makes you happy. You know, we know in the blue zones that, you know, people uh, walked where they went and they gardened and they, you know, they moved. They were up more than they were sitting. Um, so, you know, I, I think people need to find what they enjoy. I think it's nice. It's good to get your heart rate up and to kind of get your breathing up a little bit every day. Uh, but, it, you know, it doesn't have to be six hours of sprinting, you know. Um, so, some walking, you know, whatever kind of activity that gets your heart rate up a little bit is great. Walking, dancing, yoga, I think uh, maintaining flexibility uh, and mobility is is huge, especially as we get older. Um, but it, but you have to do something that you're going to want to do and enjoy doing. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so and if you can do that in a social environment and that makes you happy, that's that's even better. Beautiful. So everybody, we are talking to Dr. Dulaney, D-U-L-A-N-E-Y. So her website is doctor, and you spell that out, Dulaney.com. And her first name is, pronounce your name for us. Jamila. Jamila, J-A-I-M-E-L-A-J Dulaney on Facebook. And I'm going to put all the other links and connections on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. And for those of you who are health coaches or vegan lifestyle coaches, Dr. Dulaney does offer her services to your clients. So if you run into someone who wants to be plant-based, who wants to go vegan, and who is on medication, you're either going to need their doctor signed up as on board with this, or you're going to need some doctor helping them. And Dr. Dulaney does offer her services for that. So please be in touch with her. Thank you so much, Dr. Jamila Dulaney. And thanks to our lovely vegan voyagers out there on the road with the chicken. And their cats and their dog. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so idyllic. Everybody, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. God bless you and eat your green veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Teachers through the ages have spoken of the importance of our mind and of being master over our thoughts. How often do we forget that we are the ones who decide what thoughts we'll hold and what thoughts we'll reject? The world's great teachers also remind us that our thoughts create our experience. We may not be able to change what is happening in our world, but we can always choose how we will respond to the changing situations of our lives. With a positive attitude, your chance for success in any situation can be greater. That's because a positive attitude will inspire you to look for workable solutions rather than allowing negative thinking to limit your decision-making. This law of life is brought to you by Unity. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. Are you ready to live in joy? Is there an area of your life where you could use a miracle? Have you been praying for help and guidance? Come join Lisa and Bill and their guests for an hour filled with practical tips on experiencing miracles, greater abundance, focused, deliberate living, and the peace of God that passeth all understanding. Experience more joy in life. Listen to Living in Joy, Reflections on a Course in Miracles with Lisa Natoli and Bill Free every Friday at 2 p.m. Central here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. We are all on the journey together, making sense of this life, finding our spirituality, growing and evolving. As we travel through this world, Unity Magazine is your resource for gaining a deeper understanding of life. Unity Magazine is on the forefront of spiritual discovery, with articles and features from leading authors, teachers, and philosophers. Stimulate your thinking and strengthen your spirituality with Unity Magazine. Sample a free trial issue or subscribe today at unitymagazine.org. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. 